Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 490th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is the Dolphins beating the Bills here in hot Florida and putting to rest the apparent air of invincibility that was being attached to Josh Allen and the Bills, basically uh, one of the highlights of their aura was they hardly ever punt. I think they won six games without a punt. That ended, but uh, nonetheless, they have just looked like the best team in the NFL by far, uh, especially if you get rid of that 13 seconds against Kansas City uh, that cost them a trip to the Super Bowl. Uh, who knows how far they uh, they could have gone. But they've been on a roll, but it was ha- uh, finally halted yesterday in Miami. Tua looked good, although he uh, seemed to be dealing with an injury. And coming off his six-touchdown performance of last week, uh, the Dolphins look like a formidable team. Definitely a contender, it would appear, in the AFC East. Uh, obviously... They're both in the same division, so for them to go head-to-head and uh, have the Dolphins come out on top was uh, certainly considered an upset because, again, the Bills were looking unbeatable, and now we have uh, uh, a new player in the uh, AFC, shall we say, for contention, the Dolphins, which leads, uh, oh, and I can't leave this part of the story without talking about uh, how the game ended. The Bills were unable to get the snap off. Clock ran out, game over. And I'm sure many of you have seen it by now. The Bills assistant coach just uh, went crazy, tossing around papers and whatnot in the booth. Uh, I think it may have been the offensive coordinator, certainly one of their offensive coaches up in the booth and just went crazy, uh, you know, had a hissy fit as they say, and it's all over the, all over the sports shows and everybody's watching. And, uh, so it was, (laughs) shall we say a little bit extra to what was a bit of a crazy ending to that game. So back to what I talked about with the Dolphins suddenly seemingly in contention as a real player in the AFC East. Of course, I've been a Patriots season ticket holder for decades, and they have dominated the AFC East. Uh, but that leads right into my low light of the week, which was the Patriots losing their first home game of the year yesterday uh, by basically being unable to stop Lamar Jackson and the Ravens when it counted. So it seems more and more like the good old days of Tom Brady are really, really over. Uh, It was a good game. It was back and forth throughout. And uh, Mac Jones, unfortunately, threw some costly interceptions. While, again, Lamar Jackson, uh, as I just said on ESPN, is maybe playing the best football of his career. Of course, we all know that he uh, 
was able to, unable to reach terms with the Ravens, so he's betting on himself uh, for this year uh, in the hopes that he'll get a massive contract, which he will if he keeps this up, that's for sure. And I believe he's his own agent or he works with his mother on this, so uh, we'll see how that all develops with Lamar Jackson, but uh, he really looked good. Back to the Patriots, uh, to add insult to injury in the losing of their first home game of the year. It's not like the first time they lost to the Dolphins uh, a year or two ago in the opener. Uh, And I believe Damian Harris fumbled at the 10-yard line as they were going in for the potential winning score. Uh, But anyway, um, it just feels like, you know, with Mac Jones apparently injuring his ankle and they're talking about it not being broken, which is good news, but potentially a high ankle sprain, which is... As ankle sprains go, not good. So we'll see how that all develops. I believe Brian Hoyer is the backup QB. Uh, we've seen him before. I think it was a night game out in Kansas City uh, a year or two ago and did not go well. <laughs> um, so uh, we'll see how that all develops. But again, Mac Jones, uh, tough, tough fourth quarter with picks as well as uh, the injury. So my bizarre story of the week down here in Tampa is the Tampa Bay Bucks having a delay of game penalty on the two-point conversion after Tom Brady led a Brady-esque drive to score a touchdown and draw within two against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And it appeared that had there not been a delay of game, because they actually ran the play before the penalty uh, was officially called, the play got underway, that it would have that the Bucks would have scored easily to tie it, and instead, Tom Brady, after they called the penalty, back him up five yards. Uh, Brady was unable to complete a pass, was knocked away. Nice play by the Packers, and they lost the game uh, in Raymond James Stadium at home. So. Not a good ending for the Bucks, uh, and it's just not the type of thing you hardly ever see with Tom Brady. Um, you know, it was uh, you could see Brady like practically screaming for the ball, clapping his hands, so he kind of knew the clock was winding down, and uh, they had gotten away with it, where they almost had a delay of game on the previous play, the touchdown play. And, uh, but this time the penalty was called, so it didn't work out very well. And, uh, there you have it. Uh, I'm sure it was very satisfying for Aaron Rodgers to come into Tampa and beat the Bucks and Tom Brady. Uh, we all know the, the debate that goes on between those two. Uh, Brady's considered the greatest ever cause he's won seven Super Bowls. That would be the first in line to endorse that endorsement uh what would i say about aaron Rodgers? super talented and he has done things as a quarterback that i've never seen anybody do before which is pretty high praise and when i say that i'm talking about you know the hail marys uh the running he's right-handed he's running to his left and throwing literally 40 50 60 yard darts to his receivers it's just nothing short of amazing some of the things I've seen him do. So again, I'm uh, not in any way uh, not recognizing Aaron Rodgers' supreme talent, to put it mildly. Uh, as always on an NFL Sunday, there were other things that were of interest, to put it mildly. Jacksonville Jaguars suddenly in the uh, uh, in the winning column. <laughs> for them, I think it's two in a row. And I think they broke maybe an away game losing streak by pounding the Los Angeles Chargers yesterday, uh, 38 to 10. And Trevor Lawrence is starting to round into form as the overall number one pick a couple of years ago and showing what he's made of. And uh, what can you say? Watch out for the Jags. Go Jags. 
Um, they might become the third Florida team that's, uh, you know, playoff bound, shall we say, with the Bucks and the Dolphins. Uh, looking good, the Bucks, even despite their loss. They're 2-1 and one still. They had won their first two games. Another game certainly worth noting is the Indianapolis Colts getting their first win of the year after losing pretty badly in their first two games of the year. And they not only got a win, they beat the Kansas City Chiefs, who have looked like the Buffalo Bills, somewhat unbeatable in, uh, you know, in their first two games. Uh, but that was shattered yesterday uh, by the Colts and Matt Ryan, uh, who was being severely questioned uh, given they brought him over, uh, clearly at the end of his career and he had a bad first two games, but did what he needed to do yesterday to lead the Colts to victory. And, uh, again, the upset of the day, I think easily with, uh, again, winning their first game while handing the chiefs their first loss of the year. So it was, uh, Really a pretty interesting day, as always in the NFL. It's just uh, crazy endings, the bewitching hour on red zone, uh, 3.30 to 4.30 Eastern time, where all the 1 o'clock games are coming to an end. Uh, great, as always. And uh, right up there was the Colts game. And they ended up with an interception against Patrick Mahomes to seal the deal. And uh, Mahomes and... Uh, Offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy seemed to be getting into it on the sidelines, uh, and the announcer at the time referenced probably had to do with play calling. Who knows? Uh, but it was again <laughs> quite a crazy game, and certainly quite a crazy ending. You could see it from the Kansas City special teams were just awful. Uh, I believe Harrison Butker, their kicker, is out, so they have a backup kicker and. It just wasn't happening on special teams and started badly right off the bat. I think they had a bad punt. And then uh, off it went from there. So uh, another great day in the NFL. And before we end the first segment, I want to say congratulations to the America's President's Cup team as they won again. Pretty much dominated it throughout the weekend. Uh, the opponent made some... Uh, little runs here and there, but it really was never too much in doubt. And the president and the American golfers win another President's Cup. So now let's take our break. And next up will be our call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies radio show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. 
On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, good, John. Very good. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you for joining us, as always. And I talked about the great NFL weekend. They're all great. Uh, But you and I always like to talk about college football. And as always, that was another great weekend. Uh, You can pretty much go to the bank, especially this time of year, AP, when, you know, it's early in the season and everybody has high aspirations. And then it starts to sort itself out. Some teams you thought would be good or not that as good as you might have thought in advance of the season. Other teams that you didn't think would be good are good. So Auburn, I know you're at the Auburn game yet again, following up your attendance and covering the Auburn Penn state game a week ago, one of the big games of the day, but you saw a good game yet again, uh, a better game than the Auburn Penn state game. If you like drama and we all like drama, but you uh, covered the Auburn Missouri SEC game. How was it? John, you know, Auburn was looking to start fast and they did. They came out, got ahead 14 to nothing, which included a, an interception that led to a touchdown. So everybody was happy for a moment. And then by the halftime, Missouri had gotten in a little bit of a groove running the football and their quarterback, uh, Cook, hit some passes. So it was 14 14 at halftime. Wasn't a big offensive uh, proliferation of yardage or anything like that. I mean, uh, for instance, Auburn at halftime uh, only had 122 yards and Missouri 173. So it was 14 14. Came out the second half, they went back and forth, stumbling around, and nobody scored. No one scored, John. So they went into overtime, and Auburn, their kicker, was, was struggling, Unders Carlson, and he, but he did hit the uh, field goal to put him ahead uh, in the overtime, 17 to 14. Missouri had their attempt at trying to score, and uh, Nathaniel Pete, who had a great day, over 100 yards, and he was trying to get into the end zone, made a nice run, must have been 15 yards, 20 yards, had the ball in his left hand, moved it to his right hand to extend it over the goal line. He dropped the ball before it went over the goal line. It was fumbled into the end zone. Auburn recovered. Touchback, game over, Auburn wins, 17-14. Wow. That sounds awesome. Um, I was uh, I was catching bits and pieces of the game and certainly saw the highlights at the end. And, uh, yeah, Auburn, they're, uh, that was an important victory. Their, their season was sort of – could have gone either way uh, had they lost that game or even won it and – what do you think, AP? You know, do you think they're going to be back on track? You think they did what they needed to do to get rolling a little bit? Yeah, no, Auburn, Auburn, John. They have a herky-jerky offense. Their passing game. There's no rhythm or timing. They had to start Robbie Ashford. He's the second-string quarterback transfer from Oregon. You know, Alabama native out of Hoover High School, and right. he was just running for his life. I think this is a uh, an issue that's plagued Auburn for two to three years now offensive line 
cannot protect the quarterback. So you have somebody who's learning their position, Robbie Ashford, and and the offensive line, there's a lot of pressure that gets to the quarterback, so he's running for his life most of the time. Uh, They had, like I say, 122 yards in the first half, John, only ended up with 217. So the second half was, what, that's 95 yards? Right. I don't, you know, they're going to be, struggling to win the game because they can't score a sufficient amount of points and the kicking game is not steady. So they, they, it was the Missouri Tigers versus the Auburn Tigers next weekend. It's the LSU Tigers versus the Auburn Tigers. So it's Tigers versus Tigers again this weekend. And uh, LSU is playing much better offensively. You know, they're able to score in the thirties right now. Pretty efficient. Jaden Daniels, the transfer from Arizona State, is getting better, staying in the pocket, looking for his receivers. I think Boutte will be back. He was wasn't at the game this weekend. Their star receiver because he's he's there for the birth of his child. So, but it's on the road. Auburn's playing at home. They had a good crowd. They supported the team even though they lost big to Penn State. It was excellent crowd. Missouri brought their band. They had a lot of fans there. It was a great atmosphere. But they have to do something on offense. They have to recognize that there needs to be some quick throws where the ball's out of the quarterback's hand immediately to get some short passes and some completions and some confidence and give the playmakers a chance to, to get some yards after catch. Uh, one of the receivers, young receiver, Coy Moore, transferred from LSU, had a good day. I think it was five or so receptions for 70-plus yards. But Auburn, offensively, John, it is uh, – it's difficult for them to drive the field, not make mistakes, or uh, be behind the behind the chains uh, with long yardage on third down and continue the drive. Yeah, saying Auburn is you know the, saying their quarterback is running for their life for his life is is not what Auburn fans want to hear. And I'm glad you mentioned the crowd because you know the week before the crowd was fabulous. You were there. They did a quote orange out where everybody dressed in orange and it really came across on TV nicely. I'm sure it came across in person a lot more than nicely. I'm sure it was awesome to see uh, their stadium seats over a hundred thousand, like many sec facilities. And, uh, but AP, I, I, you know, what do you think of the coach of Auburn? Uh, you know, do you think it's, well, uh, the arrows pointed upwards? You know, John, they have five home games, okay? So the goal, in my right. mind, in my, my prediction, projection was they must be 4-1 and one with five home games. You have to be 4-1. and one. Right, to start because the season. Because, yeah, if they lose the next game at 3-2, and two, they've got a schedule that's outrageous coming up where they're going to be playing, um, you know, going on the road. Right. And they'll play Georgia and Athens, okay? The top oh, boy. Team. And then right behind them is Ox, uh, Oxford, Mississippi, play Ole Miss. So those wow. teams put 40 on the on the board easily, right? No doubt about it. And, and, and so they must be at four and one to uh, have a chance to make a bowl this year, I believe. And and I don't know what's going to happen if he loses those two games big. But you know, if he if he's able to win the next one, get the four and one, okay, that's. I think that's kind of a, a projected position at this point. Sure. Uh, but if he get, gets blown out the next two games, they have a bye the following week. I don't know what I don't know what the fate of the coach might be with respect to the administration. Oh boy. Um, AP, who are the next two games against? They're two and one now, correct? Uh, the, the, all, Auburn right now is three and one. It's Georgia, one. Ole Miss. Yeah, it's after LSU. It's Georgia and Ole Miss on the road. Okay, so they host LSU in that fifth straight home game, correct? Yeah, that's the fifth straight home game, correct. Okay. Well, LSU is always, you you, you know, a quality program, um, no doubt about it. A lot of talent, let's say that for sure. Um, Yes. How do you you see that game playing out, AP? Well, LSU has the advantage because their offense is starting to be productive. You know, scoring in the 30s. And the quarterback, Jaden Daniels, he can run. He's like Robbie Ashford of uh, Auburn, but he's throwing the ball much better. And he has um, 
receivers that can make yards after a catch. They're uh, extremely athletic, good tight ends, you know, some young tight ends, good tight ends. And running backs are, are SEC caliber. And so he has more of a well-rounded offense. Auburn has Tank Bigsby and, and Jark, Jarquez, Hunter, and uh, Austin, uh, three good running backs, but they just can't open the holes and get, give them a chance. Wow. Okay. Um, that's going to be a good game. I mean, you know, we all love yeah, our SEC West. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, it would, it would be an upset in my mind, I think, if Auburn won, I believe. I don't know what the point spread is, but just from my perspective. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at, AP. Um, you, you know, it's LSU. And, uh, you know, Brian Kelly needs, you know, the win as much as Auburn does, Brian, Brian Kelly and yeah. LSU. So uh, we shall see how that happens. No, it, it's it's going to be a good game. I mean, again, it's SEC West, uh, two massive big-name programs, and, uh, you know, yeah, I just have to believe that Auburn certainly can use every edge they get with home field advantage, uh, and they'll have it for sure. I mean, I'm sure the crowd coming off the Missouri victory, you know, is re-energized a bit, and they recognize the difference between three and two and four and one, no doubt about that. So, yeah, uh, yeah. so yeah, Absolutely. so it's going to be John, fun. And, and, and John, the other thing is the kicking game for Auburn Carlson. He must hit those field goals, let's say right. 45 yards and in. And, and you're speaking about LSU, John. I mean, their schedules, Auburn on the road. Then they host Tennessee, um, travel to Gainesville, play Florida, and then host Ole Miss. So that's a, quite a next four games for them. Correct. And as we all know, you know, speaking of Florida, speaking of Tennessee, Tennessee did hold on to beat Florida. And, uh, and so, you know, the Gators are having some issues. Uh, as I'm hearing, I'm down here in Florida, and, you know, Tennessee uh, is looking pretty good, actually. Maybe the best they've looked in a few years. Uh, so, yeah. again, yeah. talking SEC East there, I believe. And uh, so, yeah, that was a good game to watch. I enjoyed watching that one. Yeah, Tennessee, John, they won that game without their star receiver, Cedric Tillman. Right. And Brew McCoy, the transfer from USC, had 102 yards on five receptions and a touchdown. So he, he um, emerged from that position to play very well. And then the running game was good, too. Uh, they had uh, one running back with 90-something yards, I think. Uh, so they have a lot of balance. And Hendon Hooker, uh, John, he rushed for 112 yards at the quarterback position. Plus he threw for 359, so what's that, or 340 or something like that. So about 450 yards total offense. Anthony Richardson was on fire over there. I think he ended up with 500 yards total offense, 450 throwing and 50-plus yards running the football. So um, Tennessee's defense, you know, getting a little better, but but uh, Anthony Richardson, who had a bad game, bad couple of games actually, uh, was able to thrive up in Knoxville on the road. So that's promising, but their defense couldn't hold Tennessee down. I mean, 38 points, Tennessee – they're, they have a prolific offense. Their coach knows how to get into the end zone, score points. So uh, I think Tennessee is one of those teams that just right behind Georgia, I think, like I said, it's Tennessee and Kentucky in that Eastern Division challenging Georgia. And that'll be a, a great ball game uh, for Tennessee at the end of the month when they host Kentucky. Yes, Kentucky is now in play. Uh, and we should get into that, AP, but we're actually at the end of our first segment. But... Uh... Still a lot more to get to, including Kentucky and other SEC powers, which we will do on the other side. So don't go anywhere. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. 
We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Soul Connection with Dr. K hosts a forum of expert guests that showcase popular topics that can impact the soul. Weekly, Our Soul Doctor connects with authors, medical professionals, and leaders that share expertise and testimonials. Check out our growing community on site at soulconnectionusa.com. Tune in to Feed the Soul Live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, or listen on your time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Saddle up for thrilling adventure this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Joining the boys is Freddie Hartice of The Maverick to chat extreme mule deer and elk hunting pursuits. Then Cat Daddy will catch us up on the transitioning fall catfish bite. And Chris Queen with Trekking Outdoors will lay the groundwork for early season big game success. The Revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net, which comes to me through my website, at www.iirsportsoneword.com. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So, A.P., we were talking SEC football. In the previous segment, you covered the Auburn-Missouri game and its great ending. and uh, But you touched on uh, Kentucky at the end of the first segment, and we wanted to get into them a little bit. Of course, their quarterback, formerly played at Penn State, Will Levis. Uh, Kentucky has, you know, inserted themselves into the SEC East race AP. They're they're now a pretty quality program, to say the least. They've been up and coming, but now they have themselves a quarterback. We all know what that means. Absolutely. Will had another great ball game, 300 yards, and he's got a young receiving core, John, that's really blossoming right now. Uh, you know, they lost uh, Robinson last year, who caught 102 passes. I think he was the Frankfurt, Kentucky native who transferred from Nebraska, led him to okay. a bowl game where they beat um, Iowa. So that, this young receiving core is excellent, shows some speed and resiliency, and they have some you know, good tight ends and the running back, uh, Cavassier Smoke, um, has done well as a replacement for Chris Rodriguez. Chris Rodriguez will be back. You know, he was under suspension, so he should be coming back this week, um, which is good timing to be on the road in Oxford, Mississippi, against the high-scoring Ole Miss Rebels. And, John, uh, there's a freshman running back, uh, Judkins, out of Pike Road, Alabama, the place for Ole Miss. He has over 400 yards in four games. Very good. And they've got, uh, I think his name is Evans. He's a transfer from TCU, excellent as well. He's got maybe 300. So they've got a one-two punch at the running back position. I think there's a third one also. And then Jackson Dart, the transfer quarterback from USC, they're quite a combo. They have the tight end, Trigg, uh, transfer from USC. And then they have an outstanding receiver. I like him, Jonathan Mingo, one of the better receivers in the conference. Jonathan Mingo for Ole Miss. Okay, I love that name, Jackson Dart, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's just a great, yeah. great yeah. football name. Yeah, oh, yeah. well. From it, Utah. From Utah, yeah. Well, AP, you know, the more the merrier, right? It's good to see these, uh, you know, yeah. teams, you know, uh, rising. And in the SEC, you, you kind of have to rise. You, you know, you just, you can't tread water. 
in that con- in that conference, no. uh, east or west, of course. But the east is clearly on the rise, and the west has been fairly dominant in recent years, as we all know. But the east is getting there, uh, especially when you factor in Georgia. Uh, and it's going to be fun, to say the least. Uh, AP, you mentioned USC, and they had, uh, you know, they had, they've been pretty dominant, of course, under first-year coach Lincoln Riley coming from over from Oklahoma. But they had troubles uh, in putting their game away over the weekend. Uh, but they did win. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. But the first couple games, they looked pretty unstoppable. Yeah, John, I was able to watch quite a bit of that game. Uh, and there was four turnovers. I think there were plus four in the turnover game against uh, Oregon State in Corvallis, which is a difficult place to win, uh, especially for USC. I think two out of the last three times they lost. Uh, Caleb Williams, he missed on a lot of throws. Uh, I mean, he didn't have a good numbers percentage-wise uh, with completions, but he, he was uh, in tune with Jordan Addison, the former Blitnikoff receiver from Penn State to have a touchdown, and they ended up with a close win against the Beavers and, and uh, Corvallis. But USC is a team that defensively, um, I, I don't know, you know I guess the, I, I think they'll probably get better. And offensively, they, they Lincoln Riley, you know that he has the capability to be a good play caller, is a good play caller, and they have talent on that side of the ball. Yes. And they're USC. So, uh, yeah. y- you know, high expectations, to put it mildly. And, you know, I'm a big believer. I'm, I'm thinking you are too, AP. Uh, you know, USC is one of those teams like we have in so many leagues, uh, professional and college. Uh, college football is better off when USC is good. I think it's just that simple. They're, you know, whether you want to compare them to the Yankees in baseball or, uh, y- you know, Whomever, the Celtics in basketball, you know, they're a brand and a very, very high level brand. They've been up and down in recent years, pretty much since Pete Carroll left. And uh, and it's nice to see. And Lincoln Riley is, you know, doing what Lincoln Riley does. No surprise there. And uh, so, yeah, it looks like he has them back on track. They're undefeated. So uh, we can't do anything more than that to start his coaching career at USC, right? No, he's been as good as advertised thus far, especially with the offense. And like I say, he's a coach, John, that's in the top echelon on one side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Can he become an all-around coach by hiring the right defensive coordinator and recruiting those players so it gives him a chance not only to be in the playoffs, but to win the playoff games and essentially win the championship. Right. Exactly. That, that, that is the goal. And, you, you know, I think there's a lot of people would like to see USC make the college football playoff. I think it's a bit premature yet. Uh, I think we're talking another year or two, but you never know. You never know. Um, they, they, they could get a good draw, John, this year. Let's say, for instance, you know, one of the semifinals is in Atlanta. Right. And then the other one is in uh, the Fiesta Bowl. So they could stay on the West Coast for that first semifinal, win that game, and then the championship is in Los Angeles. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's going to be, uh, you know, interesting to say, to say the least. So, yeah, they, they could get there, AP. No doubt about it. Uh, tell you somebody who's not getting there, AP, and really a, a stunning loss of sorts was Miami, who everybody, they're, they're a brand as well, uh, but they are not ascending. They lost to Middle Tennessee State. And everybody down here in Florida, AP, is pretty much in shock over that loss. I mean, this was a bad one. John, you know, they had a lot of hype before the season. You know, yep. a good quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke, and... Mario Cristobal saw in a few interviews and he was talking about being back and going to be turning things around. But, but John, when you're a 25 point favorite and middle Tennessee said, I believe they're a Sunbelt team and you're playing at home, there has to be, uh, there has to be no good reason to lose that game. 
Exactly. I mean, there is, it's, maybe it's in inexcusable. Maybe in they surprise you or something, but after that, right. it's, okay, all right, we know we're in the ball game. Let's get this over with and headed to the house. Exactly, AP, and I'll compare it to the Penn State-Central Michigan game I watched. Penn State jumped out quick. Central Michigan, to their credit, fought back, and I believe it was uh, 14-14, you know, deep into the second quarter, and then Penn State, uh, you know, pulled away in the second half. But, you know, so those things happen, of course. We know that. uh, You know, there's a lot of talent out there, and teams like Central Michigan and, obviously, Middle Tennessee have a lot of that talent, and they, they can challenge, but, again, Shocker of the weekend, I think. You said it perfectly, AP. High expectations for Miami with that quarterback. And, uh, you know, Mario Cristobal coming back to his alma mater, I believe. And uh, just super high expectations. And it just felt like their season may have been uh, come to a bit of a crashing halt, at least this weekend. Yeah, I think so, John. I mean, now the trick for Mario Cristobal is to keep his team thinking about winning the ACC. Right. There you go. That's the next goal. Yeah, that is the goal. Always. As a longtime Patriot season ticket holder, AP, uh, you know, Bill Belichick was always really, really good about that, meaning, you know, the goal was always to win the AFC East. No other goals existed, you know, as they went game by game through the season. So that's how you have to play it. And it certainly worked out uh, with the Patriots taking care of business <laughs> over the past 20 years until Brady left, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's just the way you need to do it. Um, well, AP, we've come to the end of our second segment together. And we still have a few more things to get to, which we'll do on the other side. So don't go anywhere. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your health care needs and reputable health care experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Did you know that millions of people around the world do not have children? And yet the personal and professional experiences of people without children remain largely unacknowledged across cultures and within our personal networks. Public and workplace policies, media narratives, and educational content often reflect an unconscious bias, rendering our experiences invisible. New Legacy Radio engages these missing conversations with the voices of our community and allies, and through committed action for meaningful change. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. 
Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight's Monday Night Football between the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. And AP, the Giants are off to a fast start under new coach Brian Dable. Uh, And uh, I think we'll, to a degree, we'll find out if they're for real tonight. Uh, You know, just by the mere fact that they're playing the Cowboys, who are super high profile. Um, It's going to be fascinating to watch. But, uh, you know, I I personally, given my Penn State uh, fandom, and roots up in Pennsylvania. Uh, good to see Saquon Barkley back. He's starting to look like himself after a pretty severe knee injury last year. Yeah, he's very talented, John. Sure, you know you want to see uh, all these players be healthy and have a chance to have a long, uh, prosperous career. So he's an excellent running back out of Penn State, and gives the New York Giants a chance to win. Without him, uh, it's very difficult. Very difficult, you know, and I think one of the keys to the whole thing is, you know, Daniel Jones seems to be, you know, cutting down on his turnovers, that type of thing and what have you. So it it just feels like it's a classic case AP where it looks like through just a couple of games, like the Giants may have found a coach, (laughs) which is, you know, shall we say something they've been searching for and. Therefore, you know, when you find a coach, it, it can just change everything. We just talked about Lincoln Riley at USC is the college example. And Brian Dable had spent some time with the Patriots, was also, I think, offensive coordinator, if I'm not mistaken, at the Bills most recently, where he did a great job with developing Josh Allen. Right. So, yeah, again, they have a coach, it appears. Yeah, he, yeah, he was the OC at Alabama, too, John. Oh, right, right. Sorry. How could I ignore Alabama? Yeah, and AP, by the yeah. way, before I forget, I saw a special, I believe, on AS, ESPN, just a, a feature story, shall we say, about all the coaches at Alabama and how, you know, Nick Saban has helped resurrect careers. You would know this better than anybody with your Alabama expertise. That, and, and I think it ended with basically saying that pretty much every coach who he brought in these are high-profile names, has landed on, uh, you, you know, has, has got a new head coaching job. You know, it was Lane Kiffin, it was Steve Sarkeesian, it was, I believe, Mike Loxley. And the next up yeah. appears to be, you know, Bill O'Brien. Um, right. And they all owe a debt and spoke practically with reverence to Nick Saban bringing him in. And uh, it was really, really well done. Um and I believe I just saw it over the weekend, so it was really cool, actually. Yeah, it's an impressive feat. Um, yes, to quite. Bring people in that really, I don't, and, and some of them were hired just as an analyst position to begin their tenure at Alabama, and then they moved into maybe a coordinator position or, or a position coach. Right. So, yeah, I mean, these were people that nobody chose to hire up. Obviously, there wasn't much interest and uh, for various reasons, but Nick Saban, he's always looking for new ideas, and he understands that something doesn't uh, you know, materialize into a positive situation, but that doesn't mean that that person should be set aside forever, that they have experience coaching, and he wants to find out what they do defensively or offensively to improve his program grow his program. Sure. I mean, it's a win-win AP. I mean, these are people who have had success in their careers and typically, typically, and then for whatever reason, uh, you know, they end up not staying where they were at. And then Nick Saban brings them in again. They're big names with you know, uh, some solid experience behind them and winning. And so again, it's a great, you know, win-win situation. Um, and I'm guessing it's going to continue for a while. Uh, so Bill O'Brien is currently there as the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Is that correct? 
Yes, he's certainly okay. is. Just want to be sure I have that correct. Um, well, Bill O'Brien, of course, spent time as a quarterback coach with the Patriots. Uh, he helped keep the Penn State program alive, along with Christian Hackenberg uh, in the aftermath of the scandal. And, you know, Bill Reverend, Bill Bo O'Brien is treated with reverence by Penn State fans for, again, keeping that program alive and, uh, you know, when it really needed to stay alive. And uh, and so, yeah, so he's had great success. He worked with Tom Brady. Need we say more, AP? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, so he, he's had his share of uh, being around top-notch players and coaches. Yeah, and I think he's a New England native as well. Um, yes, yes, he is. Yeah. Massachusetts played at Brown University. There you go, AP. And so, uh, yeah, he's a big personality. He's not quiet. He speaks his mind, as we all know. And uh, we all remember the yeah, no. shouting match mm-hmm. with Brady a few years back. So he, he's not shy, put it that way. No, no. <laughs> no, he's not. But he's a, he's a fair person, I believe. I had a chance oh, yeah. to visit with him a little bit, and uh, cool. I enjoyed our conversation. Oh, that's great, AP. Um, mm-hmm. You you talk with them all, it seems. Uh, but AP, I just want to thank you for a terrific show today. Your expertise is uh, wonderful on our show and your perspective and coverage of uh, teams like Auburn, where you've been the last few weeks, is great. So enjoy, uh, you know, you're going to the Auburn-LSU game, right? Yeah, look forward to it. Yeah, it should be a, a good ball game. It's a night game, 6 p.m. Central. It'll be great. No doubt about it. AP, thanks again. We appreciate you calling in as always. It's my pleasure, John. Thank you for having me. Sure thing. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.